It's Women's Revival. Enjoy the sermon by Sister Kelsey Smith, The Replacement, When Jesus Shows Up. Good evening, everyone. Thank you, Pastor. I give honor to God, the Father, the Son, and the Blessed Holy Ghost. I give honor to our Bishop, Jackie E. McCullough. I give honor to our pastor, Pastor Maria A. Seaman, and the Shekinah family, friends, and everyone's union. Thank you. Tonight's topic is the replacement, when God shows up. We serve a God who will repair and replace. Church, having we seen God perform signs, wonders, and miracles, we can surely trust in the Lord with our entire being. Is it something in your life that needs replacement? Has your heart become stony from the different trials in life? We have to totally surrender our problems to the Lord, for he cares and wants us to be victorious. There have been many times where God has put us out of situations that have gotten the best of us. But we know that God will deliver and heal us from all iniquity. He's our Abba Father. Plenty of us have tried to handle things in our own strength, but ended up tired, frustrated, and not knowing where to turn. Let me remind you of the scripture, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge the Lord and he shall direct your path. Just like the scripture says, as long as we trust in the Lord and are determined to want our own healing, it will happen. This makes me think of the lady with the issue of blood. If only I could touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. She was determined. Church, we have to let God lead the way so we can be examples to our loved ones and bring them into the kingdom of God. Broken things can become blessed if we let God do the mending. He's in control. Don't do it alone. God's in the fixes business. God will restore you only if you let him. Nothing painful can happen to you which God cannot provide safety and restoration, for earth has no sorrow that heaven can heal. Ask yourself, what comfort has God given you that would enable you to help another hurting person? Let's watch as Jesus brings comfort to a man in a certain situation. Let's dig into the text as we look at the following three points. Point number one, the broken. Point number two, the healed. Point number three, the disciples. Point number one, the broken. Mark 3, verse 1. And he entered again into the synagogue, and there was a man there with, which had a withered hand. Once again, Jesus went into the synagogue to teach the people in the village. Synagogue means the building where Jewish assembly or congregation meeting for religious worship and instruction. So Jesus walked into the synagogue and noticed a man with a withered hand. Whether it comes from the Greek word sorinu, to fade away, to be dried up. If Jesus was to walk in the congregation of Shekinah Worship Center, would he find you dried up? We have to remain steadfast, unremovable, and always abound in the works of the Lord. Isn't it a wonderful thing to be noticed by Jesus? Jesus didn't just come to church to sing, hang out, and go home. Jesus went to church to bless others and to serve. He saw the man's deformed hand, and he wasn't just going to walk by. He was going to do something about it. Don't we come to church with our own deformities? Jesus knows our every need. We should come to church every week to see who we can bless, encourage, give hope, 
strength, and supports you. It's important to notice those around you. Mark 3, verse 2. And they watched him, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath day, that they might accuse him. As Jesus entered the synagogue and noticed the man with the withered hand, the Pharisees were intensely watched Jesus so they could find Jesus doing it wrong. Yes, Jesus says in scripture, Mark 2, verse 27 and 28, and he said unto them, The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. 28, was the Son of Man is Lord also on the Sabbath. Have you found yourself trying to do good for the kingdom and people try to wrongly accuse you? But keep pressing on. Just as Jesus was determined to heal the ill man, the Pharisees' religious system revolved around the Sabbath. And the previous Sabbath, Jesus and his disciples broke the religious law by taking grain from the fields and eating it. You see, the Pharisees knew the consequences for breaking the Sabbath law. With death, they wanted to kill Jesus for the miracle he wanted to perform on the deformed man. Psalms 37, 32. The wicked watches the righteous and seeketh to slay him. John 9, 16. Therefore, said some of the Pharisees, the man is not of God because he keepeth not the Sabbath day. Others said, how can the man that is a sinner do such miracles? And there was a division among them. Then Mark tells us in verse 3, Jesus said to the man with the deformed hand, come, stand forth. Jesus was going to bless this man with a miracle. The man didn't ask for a miracle or healing, but Jesus wanted to do only what God was able to do. The man's hand were restored instantly. Jesus was going to make sure the Pharisees and everyone else that was surrounded could see the miracle that was done. Jesus was not going to back down because of the threat of the Pharisees. So allowed the threats and looks of hatred to stop the will and purpose God has pursued upon your life. God has your back and he's faithful to fight on your behalf. I think sometimes God wants our deformities, our brokenness, our weaknesses, and sins to be seen by others. Once we see them and God heals them, we can get a glimpse into his power, authority, and grace. Just like how we share our testimonies to one another to show how far God has brought us from. Hallelujah! Praise God for saving a wretch like me. Hallelujah! Point two, the healed. Mark 3, 4 through 5. Verse 4, and he said unto them, Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath days or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they held their peace. Then he turns to his critics and asks, Does the Lord permit good deeds on the Sabbath? Or is it a day for doing evil? Is it a day to save a life or to destroy it? Even though the Pharisees wanted to challenge Jesus, Jesus now challenged them. With everyone listening, Jesus asked this question to the Pharisees because it was religious law. And everyone would have been looking at the Pharisees for the answer. The Pharisees would have left this poor man in bondage. They would have used the law of God to inflict cruelty upon people, not blessing. God's Sabbath law prohibited people from doing their regular work so they could rest and be refreshed from the labors, but they kept their peace. They didn't answer Jesus because they felt convicted and ashamed of what they had become and how they viewed others' needs. If they would have said it's right to do good, they would have lost the opportunity to accuse Jesus. 
And if they would have said it's right to do evil and destroy life, the people would have seen the true colors and looked at them as monsters. Jesus went into the synagogue that day, knowing his enemies were waiting for him, and that took courage. Jesus confronted the Pharisees about the deformed man, and that took courage. Jesus knew his actions were costly, and that took courage. Jesus went down to know who he was and to fight for people like him, like you, and like me. Verse 5, and when he had looked around about them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their heart, he said to the man, stretch forth thy hand, and he stretched it out, and his hand was restored whole as the other. He looked around at them angrily and deeply saddened by the hard hearts. In the scriptures, our Lord expressed anger because of the mistreatment of his people and over the hypocrisy of religious leaders and what rich concerned his father. Ephesians 4, 26, don't sin by letting anger control you. Anger is not a sin, but anger can lead to sinful acts. However, anger can be used to lead you to righteous acts or causing you to stand up for what is right. Like our pastor in the audio Bermuda on many different issues we may face. Jesus can share compassion to the man with the withered hand. Then, he said to the man, put out your hand, and the man's hand will restore to Can you remember the day that God took your broken pieces and made them whole again? I think of the song, he brought out the miry clay. He set me on a rock to stay. He put a song in my soul today, a song of praise. Hallelujah. Jesus felt the Pharisees cared more about the religious rules and traditions than they cared about the people. Jesus cares more about us. The Pharisees were hoping to build a case against Jesus as a religious lawbreaker and have him removed and arrested. The ironic thing here is Jesus did not break any law. He did not do any real work, but simply said the words. We just need one word from God to get us through our darkest moments. Can you recall? Jesus is Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end. He is omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent, and he does all things well. Point three, the disciples. Verse six, and the Pharisees went straightway, took counsel with the Herodians against him and how they might destroy him. You would think that even the Pharisees would have responded faith after witnessing a supernatural event. Instead, the anger and fury against Jesus escalated. Luke 6, 11 tells us they were filled with rage. Jesus confronted the Pharisees, challenged them, pointed out where they were wrong, addressed their pride, their hypocrisy, the hardness of their hearts towards people and God's word. Instead of repenting and turning to God, they decided to get rid of Jesus. They wanted to kill Jesus. This was the last straw. Jesus had to die. Jesus would eventually die on the cross and give up his life. However, in death, Jesus Christ would be victorious, paying the penalty for sin, rising from the dead in victory. Hallelujah! Because of that sacrifice, the Lord of the Sabbath offers heavenly rest to all who believe in him. Hebrews 4 verse 9, there remains therefore a rest to the people of God. Jesus has been fighting for us in the beginning and so forth. To this very day, he continues. What do we do with this Jesus who is faithful to the Father? 
courageous to his enemies, and angry at sin, and compassionate to those in need, be follow him. Mark 3, verse 7. By Jesus withdrew himself with the disciples to the sea, and a great multitude from Galilee followed him and from Judea. Jesus was using wisdom when he withdrew himself from the situation. Sometimes we may find ourselves in a similar situation where you and I had to remove ourselves from people and beings so we can't have a peace of mind. The crowd that ended up following Jesus was for the show, the miracles, and the blessings. Within the crowd, you could find his disciples. The word disciples means learner or student and refers to those who have removed beyond interest in Jesus and desire to follow him as their teacher. Mark 2, 23. Now, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover in the feast day, many believed in his name when they saw the miracles which he did. They trusted Jesus, but Jesus didn't trust them because of their human nature. They were trusting Jesus to do miracles, but not to save. They believed Jesus as a miracle worker, but not the Messiah. They believed in Jesus. Jesus did not believe in them. Jesus had no faith in their faith. He knew it was not true saving faith. John 6, verse 6, 6. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. This is what happens to many. Jesus doesn't do the miracle you want, so you quit following and learning from him, the sacrifice, the suffering, the inconvenience of following Jesus is too much. So we turn away and desert him. The question is, am I simply a part of the crowd watching from a distance? Or am I a disciple who is genuinely wanting to learn and follow Jesus? Mark 3, verse 8. And from Jerusalem, and from Idumea, and from beyond Jordan, a great multitude when he had heard what great things he had did came unto him. The news of his miracles spread so wide and far and vast numbers came unto him. Even King Herod was intrigued by the news about him. Luke 23, verse eight, and when Herod saw Jesus, he was exceedingly glad for he was desirous to see him of a long season. Because he had heard many things of him, he hoped to have seen some miracles done by him. Miracles display unlike anything in history. The blind were given sight, the crippled walked, the deaf heard, the sick were made well. It was wonders upon wonders beyond what anyone could ever imagine. No one had seen anything like this before, with nothing more than a word and a touch. He brought immediate, complete healing and restoration to those who suffered from even the most devastating defects, disease, and disabilities. This all pointed to the needs of the people. We are all a broken people in need of a healer. We need someone to heal our hearts, our hearts and repair our brokenness. The title there from sin, from Adam and Eve taking his toll on people everywhere. Jesus came to address all our needs. Eventually we will get to heaven. We will experience a place where there is no sickness, no sin, no disease, no pain, no heartache, no misery. And when Jesus is doing miracles, it shows that we all have needs and Jesus is the one to fulfill those needs. Amen? So when we talk about Jesus being the Lord of Sabbath, we are talking about having a relationship with Jesus that brings spiritual rest and spiritual freedom. When Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light, 
this is what he's talking about. So stop trying to follow all the religious rules in your mind and start following Jesus. So church, let's be true followers of Christ, the son of God during desperate times like these. And because of Jesus, you are more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs>